0: If the idea of a photo shoot makes you want to pack a bag and move to a faraway land, never to be seen or heard from again, then you and I are two peas in a photophobic pod. But the truth is, if you have an online presence of any kind, having professional branded photos can seriously uplevel your business. I wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't worth it and if I truly didn't believe it, my friend. So whether it's the camera you fear or the prep work that goes into planning the day, I've got your back with my free photo shoot planning guide. No matter if this is your first photo shoot or you're an old pro looking to streamline the process, this guide will help you find the perfect photographer, plan and organize the list of shots you'll need, and prepare for all the important but often forgotten day of details to ensure a smooth and successful photo shoot. And of course, I have a word of encouragement or two to help soothe any insecurities that may come up because I've been there. I get it. So head on over to amyporterfield.com forward slash photoshoot to grab your free guide and let's ditch those photo fears. amyporterfield.com forward slash photoshoot. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 54.
1: Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield.
0: Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. As always, I am just so excited you're here with me today. So thank you so much for showing up. Now, today I have a very, very special guest. His name is Ramit Sethi, a New York Times best-selling author and founder of IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Pretty bold URL, right? I love it. Now, without offending any of my other amazing guests, I have to say that this was one of my very favorite interviews. I say that because... Ramit is a master communicator. I feel like every word he used in this interview was deliberately selected to add value. And his approach to how he teaches his students and how he actually teaches in this interview is really honest and direct. He has a massive following of raving fans and his unique say it how it is kind of approach is really refreshing. So in this interview, there's a great mix of lessons on mindset and tactical product creation strategies. What I love is that Ramit has had massive success in developing products that have helped get huge results for his students. So to say the least, he knows a thing or two about products that offer massive value and get results. And that is partly what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so I won't make you wait any longer Again, one of my very favorite interviews I've ever done. I think you're going to find immense value. Let's go ahead and get to it. Hey, Rami, thanks so much for being with me here today. I really appreciate
1: it. Thanks for having me.
0: So here's the deal. I am guilty of starting my interviews off with tell me more about yourself. But I don't want to do that with you today because one, I've watched a lot of your videos, read a lot of your blogs, and two things I know for sure. One, you're not a shy guy, and two, you're never going to sugarcoat it. So I thought I want to do something different with you. I want you to jump on your soapbox and just tell me a little bit why you're so passionate about helping people become rich and what it means to you. What's it all about?
1: Well, I love, love the idea of helping people lead a rich life. And I think that a rich life is different for each person. And I believe in being nonjudgmental about it. So if a rich life means that you can work from home and take your children to work, I can show you how to do that. If a rich life means that you want to fly to Vegas for a $5,000 weekend with your buddies, I can also show you how to do that. In fact, I've done that myself. Or if you want to buy $500 shoes or or $1,000 jeans, no guilt. I believe a rich life is whatever you define it to be. So a rich life isn't just money, by the way. It's also about having a dream job, building a business, automating your money so you can focus on the stuff that you love. And that's why I've been doing what I do at I Will Teach You To Be Rich for the last 10 years because it's not just about money, although money is an important part of it. It's about a rich life, which can be every part of that gamut that I just mentioned.
0: I love the idea of no judgment, whatever you want it to be. That's awesome. I bet that gives people a lot of flexibility and just the opportunity to just kind of dream big and think of whatever they want in terms of what they want for their life.
1: Yeah, and I think it's refreshing for someone to be, non-judgmental, and also not make you feel guilty about the things you want to do. You know, there are so many experts out there who are telling people, stop spending money on lattes, don't buy dessert. You know, and if you save $3 a day, 60 years from now, you might have $15,000. I don't believe in that. First of all, it doesn't work. And second, from my background in psychology, I know that there are things that we want to do. So instead of trying to deny them and, and getting these reactions called reactants and things like that, I would rather just show you how to earn more and automate your money so you can focus on the big wins. The big wins in life, if you just get these five or 10 big wins right, you never have to worry about these $3 purchases. Yes. So a big win could be setting up a business that's actually profitable. It could be getting fit, which you know, we can show you how to do that. There's a million different ways, but it's certainly not about counting your pennies, and focusing on the teeny little things in life. I'd rather get the 10 big wins in life and not have to worry about the rest of it.
0: Awesome. I think that is definitely exactly what my audience needs to hear because the thing is, today of course we're talking about building an online business and what that looks like and all the different things that are included in that. But the thing is, you know, when we're talking about these big wins, before people can really get there and experience that and understand what that's all about, there's this little thing that gets in the way. Usually often, and that is fear. And I, when I was preparing for this episode, and I've just always been a fan of yours, one thing I love is that you talk about fear very candidly. And you have this great story about how when you first launched a product online and how that fear kind of reared its ugly head. So can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: It was my first product. I had been writing my blog for about two or three years, and I had never made a cent. I didn't want people to think that I started my blog just as a way to make money because that was never the intention. And so after I started it and I'd been writing it for a couple, two or three years, I decided to try writing an ebook. And this was in late 2006 and not very many people paid for content at that time. So I approached it as an interesting test. I just wanted to see if people would actually pay. And I created this ebook called Ramit's 2007 guide to kicking ass. (laughs) Let's just talk about how amazing that title is. I mean, I I have a thing for titles, right? I will teach you to be rich. (laughs) Um, you know, all these crazy titles that we come up with, but I just came up with this title and I created this ebook and I asked a very good illustrator friend of mine to contribute some illustrator. It was a great little ebook, 30 pages or so. And I priced it at $4 and 95 cents. That number is so laughable now in retrospect, because I have courses that range from you know, a couple hundred bucks to $12,000. But at that time, I, was, I just wanted to see what would happen. But I was absolutely petrified that people would not buy it, or even worse, that they would call me a sellout. And you can see it in the sales copy that I wrote. First of all, I didn't even know what sales copy was. At that time, I didn't even know what an information product was. I just wanted to sell something and see what happened. But the way I wrote that sales copy was so cowardly. I mean, you can still see it today. Just Google around for Ramit's 2007 Guide to Kicking Ass. I literally said, why should you pay for this? I know you can find a lot of stuff for free. Oh, no. I I, I literally tried to defend it before they had even bought. And my self-confidence was so low. That anyone would buy it, that I didn't even set up a fulfillment system. I literally just put a PayPal button there and I was expecting to make less than 50 sales. So I was just gonna manually email each person the ebook attached to an email. Well, my worst fears came true, but also something surprising happened. So, first of all, there are people on that very comment thread, believe it or not, I opened comments oh, wow. on that blog post because I didn't know what I was doing. And people were like, oh, so I will teach you to be rich is really teach, I will teach I, Ramit Sethi, to be rich. You know, and I have to tell you, that was one of the worst feelings I've ever had when it came to my business. Mm. Because I had been writing for two or three years for free. I had never asked for a cent. I had been writing, you know, hours and hours every week, probably at least 20 to 30 hours a week writing and promoting my stuff. And it felt like absolute betrayal. The first time I ever asked, and it was only five bucks. And people came out of the woodwork and accused me of all these things. He's trying to just make a quick buck. This site has jumped the shark. You know that feeling in the bottom of your stomach? And you wake up and it's the first day and you're like, please let that have been a dream, yes. but it's real? Yes. I felt that way for weeks and weeks. Oh, gosh. And in fact, it took me three years to really master my psychology when it came to selling. So, My worst fears did come true, but the surprising thing happened too. People started to buy it. And these people were not the people who were commenting negatively. They were just people I had never heard of buying it and they sent me the most effusive praise. They said, this ebook was awesome. Thanks so much for writing your blog. I've been a huge fan for the last three years. And interestingly, those people who bought, for just $4.95, they were way more likely to take action on things I later did, like open emails, um, like join other courses, Mm -hmm. and follow through with challenges. So I started to pay attention. You know, it's one thing when you have all these fears, but everyone has fears. So you can either choose to be paralyzed by them, or you can say, yes, I acknowledge these fears, and I'm going to do it anyway. And that's what happened. And had I been stuck back in 2006, I never would have created I Will Teach You To Be Rich and turned it into what it is today. It was really that $4.95 decision. And once I discovered this crazy thing that there were people complaining, but the real people, the people I actually wanted to focus on, they were buying and they were delighted to pay, that opened my eyes to what it means to overcome fear. And that was the genesis of the, what you know as I Will Teach You To Be Rich today.
0: Okay. That's an awesome story. I always love it because one thing I love that you said is that you just acknowledged the fact that, yeah, the, there were these people, the hecklers or whatever, that were going to say things. The funny thing about you, if anyone follows your Instagram or really anything you do online, you love to basically give a shout out to those people that send those ridiculous emails about the <laughs> negative stuff. It's
1: like my favorite thing it. to watch. Okay. So the, the number one rule of the internet is don't engage with trolls. Yes. And I engage with every troll.
0: Like everyone.
1: With everyone. I post their emails on my Instagram, <laughs> Instagram.com slash I make fun of them in my emails, but I never do it hatefully. I always do it to prove a point. Many of them, beyond being psychologically deranged, have a lot of barriers. Things like, why would I ever pay for that? I could just do it on my own. And I think those are very destructive beliefs when it comes to investing in yourself. Now, I'm not saying that you can't do it on your own. I want everyone to take responsibility for their success. But I also know, having grown up and being taught all these beliefs of frugality, bordering on being cheap, that it takes a massive mindset shift to start investing in yourself. Okay, I used to have these negative self-talk. I call it self-talk. You know, you've heard that phrase? Oh, yeah. And and, and my self-talk was, I used to say, oh, I'm just a skinny Indian guy. Ha, 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 ha. I was 5'11", I was 127 pounds, and I would joke about it, like it was a half joke. But it actually was a very crippling type of self-talk. Because by saying I'm just a skinny Indian guy, that allowed me to get myself off the hook from working out and learning how to eat right. Okay, Since then, I've intentionally gained over 45 pounds. Similarly, when people say, oh, I decided not to join your course, and I'll write them back. I'll say, oh, that's cool, totally respect that. Out of curiosity, how come? And they write back, because I am cheap, and it enrages me. Not because they didn't spend money with me, I I couldn't care less about that. Because if you define yourself and your self-concept as I am cheap, then you have, by definition, limited yourself from investing in yourself, okay? That means you're never gonna buy books because you're cheap. You're never gonna join courses, you're never gonna hire a coach, you're never gonna do anything, and you're gonna try to do it all on your own, And if you're not investing in yourself, it doesn't even mean money. It means time. It means building relationships. That is very crippling. So that's why I, I love making fun of them. Okay. <laughs> and I have no qualms or <laughs> compunctions about it because it, first of all, it's hilarious. It's entertaining. It is hilarious. It, I love it. And then second, I think that a lot of us are craving someone to be honest with us and someone to say, you know what? You, you gave that a C plus effort at best. And I think you could do better. Or you know what? don't come to me asking that question until you've read my book or you've read my free blog because you're wasting my time. And I think people are crying out to be held accountable and have higher expectations levied on them because that's exactly what I went through. My teachers, my instructors, my mentors, they all forced me to have higher expectations for myself. And that's one of the only reasons that I Will Teach has been able to have such an impact.
0: You know, you said something so perfect. You said people are craving for us to be honest with them. And I totally agree with that. I, that's probably why I gravitate toward people like you, because I know you're going to give it to me straight. And one thing I don't see a lot about a lot of is people talking about their failures when they talk about how they've built their business. And I'm always looking for that honesty. And so often I find all the great things they've done and nothing where there's been some stumbling blocks along the way. So Talk to me about failure, because that's one thing that you just kind of hit straight on.
1: Well, I have a tag in my Gmail account and it's called failures. And my belief is if I'm not adding multiple failures to that every month, then I'm probably not trying ambitiously enough.
0: Like your own failures?
1: Of course. Okay. So these would be failures like trying to get a meeting with somebody who I really admire.
0: Interesting. They say no.
1: Um, It would be making projections on a new course and just utterly failing on those. Because one thing I've learned is that the most successful people are actually the most candid about their failures. It's so interesting. If you go into a room and you take someone who's just, you know, they're kind of starting off in their business and they're a little insecure about whether this thing is ever going to work. And you, you ask them, you know, can you give me an example of a failure? You'll find a lot of people are very defensive about it they won't give you the straight talk on what their actual failure or weakness is. But if you go talk to a successful person, you say, tell me about your failures. They're like, do you have all day? Yes. Because I have 50 things that I have problems with. Okay, so I'll give you one example. I have so many, I could give you a million. But I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, one of the biggest challenges for me right now is learning how to grow my team in a really structured, disciplined way. It's one thing when you are an entrepreneur and you're doing everything on your own, which I did for many years, and then you start bringing other amazing people into your team, and you want to know how to do that in a really beautiful, scalable way. Not me sitting around saying, you need to do this, but really hiring the best and letting them do their job. So classic management, it's really hard, especially for people in the internet world who they don't really necessarily have the most management experience. And a lot of them don't even have offices. Yeah. My team is distributed all over the country, all over the world. I'll tell you about another failure that we had, which actually cost us a significant amount of money. So we have a lot of different courses, and we can talk about those. And a couple of years ago, we came out with this course. And I'm not going to tell you the name of it, but it was a, it was a course that's well-known of ours. And we had done a lot of testing, as we always do, and we released it. and a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of people bought it. So okay. we're kind of watching as they go through it. And we started getting refund requests, like literally within the first hour of people joining. Yikes. And that has never happened. Never. And it wasn't just one person. If, if it's one, you can say, oh, that's a fluke. It was like five, 10, 15. So something was wrong. So we immediately stopped the sale of this. And I put together a tiger team, a, a small team of really good people on our team. And I said, find out what's going on here. And they spoke to people who had refunded. They spoke to people who had not refunded. They spoke to buyers, to non-buyers. And we found out that we had missed something really crucial in our customer research. Really subtle, but really crucial. And as a result, the refund rate was through the roof. And frankly, no one should refund in one hour. just makes no sense. So we took that data. And it would have been really easy for us to say like, oh, well, I guess that product just didn't perform. You know, that's, that's what I would consider a failure. But I have a different way of looking at it. I always tell my team, it's not a failure, it's a test. It's not a failure, it's a test. That's a good one. Yeah, because every data point you get is pointing you in the right direction. But if you just say, oh, well, I guess that product just didn't work, so let's move on to the next one. That is really a failure. But if you treat it as a test, you say, okay, that didn't quite work. Let's dig in. Then you can actually, you can build massive success. So we found out what that problem was. We re, we fixed some of the product. We added some certain things. And then we went and did it again. We remarketed it to a different group. Same size cohort. And we did another webinar, just like we did on the first one. The first webinar had converted, boy, I think it was roughly... Um, let's say 6 to 8%, okay? Okay. We did the same webinar with 100% identical slides. We did not change one word in the slides. We just changed a couple ways that we presented them. And of course, the product was better. We converted at approximately 26%.
0: Wow, that's huge.
1: So in other words, same slides, not a word changed. But we had learned a couple of really subtle things. The sales rate skyrocketed the retention rate also skyrocketed. So for us, that's a great example of it's not a failure, it's a test. My take is you're going to fail. The more and more you do, the more and more you're going to fail. Okay, we fail a lot, but we never treat it as a failure. We just treat it as a test.
0: And what I love about that is you're not even saying, you know, it's not a failure. It's this great opportunity to learn and da, 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 like Pollyanna. But you're saying like, it's a test. Get in there and figure out what didn't work and re-engineer. And I think it's just more of an actionable way to look at it. So
1: yeah, roll up your sleeves and don't, it it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean any of that. It's just business. Just business. Break it down. It's just science. It's just math. It's just marketing. It's psychology. And so we said, all right, where did we go wrong? And we did not point fingers. We never point fingers. But after every course we launch or after every product we create, we'll do a debrief. What worked? What didn't? And we're not pointing fingers. In fact, the people on our team are actually saying, you know what? Our team didn't do as good of a job as we should have. We're going to do better next time. So when you create that culture, not just with your team, but with yourself, you don't have to feel guilty or bad. It's just business. That's how we treat it.
0: Oh, I got to remember that one. I'm totally a softy and sensitive about everything. And so, which I know you're not. So I like to learn from people. Let me know what that word means. I know. (laughs) We are so polar opposites. But if I just tell myself, this is a test, let's do it. I know that I would just keep moving forward with a lot more excitement about the projects I'm working on. So good lesson for me, too. So I'm interrupting this interview. I got to jump in here really fast and just let you know that a lot of what Ramit is teaching here, he goes into even more detail and specifics with a lot of his free resources. So if you want to grab his free resources, you can go to, zero to launch system.com forward slash Amy, zerotolaunchsystem.com forward slash Amy. And he's got a bunch of free stuff. So you sign up and you get some really great free core trainings that he's done. And let me tell you, they are worth it. So just wanted to jump in here just to give you that URL. Let's get back to the interview. So here's the deal. Speaking of products, you've got this product called Zero to Launch. And I've heard you say in some of your videos that it's one of your most ambitious courses ever. And so I want you to break it down for us because I think what's really cool is when we can go behind the scenes of somebody else's products and kind of learn the process you used to create this, it will help us with our own products. So would you be willing to do that? Of course. Okay. So talk to me about this product and kind of what went into it.
1: Okay. I think it's useful to talk about where we started because at this stage we're creating products and they will take us two plus years. They cost millions of dollars to create. But I want to first start by where we came from because we didn't, always, we didn't go from zero to $5 million on a, a certain product. Right. It, it, it didn't happen. The ebook I created was just me sitting around writing an ebook and doing it in Microsoft Word and clicking file print to PDF.
0: Amazing. The,
1: the, the next products that that we created were more sophisticated, they basically had a very simple premise. It was listen to what the market wants, combine that with what you have skills or some unique experience with, but make sure you're constantly doing research. So we started off, some of our early courses, you know, they, they collected a, few, a couple hundred data points. Data points can be email responses, survey monkey responses, or even in-person conversations. That was in the early days. Now our courses are a lot bigger, a lot more sophisticated. So for Zero to Launch, I'll give you Zero to Launch and another course I have called Dream Job. Those are both flagship courses. They're really big, they're really comprehensive. We spend a virtually limitless amount of resources to get it right. So I'll give you a sense of what we do and what the user experience is as well. Um, Our goal is to create a true luxury experience for people when they join one of our flagship courses. And what does that mean? It means the perfect information at the perfect time. So for example, with Dream Job, which is a course on how to find your dream job, when you get to the section on salary negotiation, we show you the exact videos with the exact answers, with the exact body language, and we have hours and hours and hours of those. And that's just for the salary negotiation wow. part. Similarly for zero to launch, when you get to the part on selling, we show you an exact email funnel that we used that generated hundreds of thousands of dollars. We show you the exact copy and then we go even deeper. We show you why it worked. We even show you conversion rates so you know if you're in the realm of the correct rates or if you're way low or way high. Okay. Okay. That's what I mean. Perfect information at the perfect time. By the way, you don't need that stuff on day one of the course because you're not at that level yet. So luxury experience, that lets, you know, that's, that lets you know that you can trust every aspect of the course. Like Amy, have you ever gone to a, a really high-end salon or a high-end tailor or dressmaker? Yes. Okay. You know you go in there and you don't even have to tell them You don't have to make suggestions like, oh, I really like it this way. You put yourself in their hands.
0: 100%. I love that experience. Me too. It's the best.
1: That's the experience we create for our users. So they're not coming here questioning us and saying, well, what are you going to tell us about this? They give themselves to us because they trust that we've done every single conceivable answer is in that course at the right time. That takes a lot of trust. So how do you get there? How do you build a course like that? For us, we start with our secret sauce, which is an exhaustive amount of research. And exhaustive really, it really underlies what what goes into creating something like this. So for our newest courses, we'll typically collect hundreds of thousands of data points, surveys, emails, in-person conversations, phone calls. We will create a basic version of the course like we did with Dream Job after about six months of research. So six months, we bought every book, every competing course, we collected our data points, and then we thought, all right, we feel pretty confident. Let's create a beta version of this course. And it was very simple. It was created in Google Presentations, and we then got a beta group of 20 people, okay? Different genders, different ages, different life situations, and we ran them through this course. Now. We were pretty good. We thought we were pretty good at this point. <laughs> we're like, "Oh yeah, we're so sophisticated. We're so cool." <laughs> and uh, and what ended up happening was that zero people succeeded at first. Zero out of twenty. Really? In fact, yeah, people were crying. And oh, uh, no. I don't deal well with. I was going to really. say, how did you deal with that? <laughs> not, not well. It's not good. I mean, I'm just sitting there with like zero affect on my face, just waiting, oh, like no. looking at my watch. Oh, Is this no. crying going to end? So so we realized, you know again, if it's one person, maybe they're an anomaly. But if 20 people are failing, it's our fault. So we went through this iterative process and we created 16 more versions of the course until we got it right. And there were some really subtle things that we had missed, just like with our prior course that I mentioned. So this involves flying people in from around the world, putting them up in hotels, bringing them into our studio. It involves um, deep research and then of course once you get all the content right it involves presenting it in the right way. You can't just give people like in Zero to Launch there's I believe it's like 40 gigabytes plus of material. You can't just dump that on people right? because they, they, they need to be guided through a process like a true trustworthy luxury experience. So that's how we go through the process. And only then do we start thinking about design and the website and all that's the copy. That's way later, typically years later. But once we have the product and we know for a fact that it works, that's when we get to do some of the fun stuff like creating the marketing and all that. But first we have to know that it works. And we know that because we can take people from all different fields, all different countries, all different ages or life situations and we can run them through the course successfully. They will find success. We've seen every conceivable question. Like you know, if you if you have a spouse, a lot of times people say, I know him better than he knows himself. Yes. We do that for our students as well. Okay, so, so
0: real quick, can I tell you something about that? Yeah. One thing I love about your products, especially zero to launch, is something you do that's very rare in that you don't give them like twenty examples of how, or twenty ways to do something. No, that talk about that because
1: that's okay. so different. Who the hell wants an encyclopedia of tactics? <laughs> right. Nobody. <laughs> like when when the World Wide Web started and it got popular, there were a lot of sites that were just like twenty great journalism resources. Well, guess what? The world doesn't need another encyclopedia. The world needs someone who they trust who can show them the two things that actually matter and the 18 things you don't have to worry about, okay? So refreshing. I, I could give you 20 tactics right now, but what's the point? It's, you're coming to me, you're joining my course, you're trusting me so I can pick the right ones for you. If your goal is simply to give them an encyclopedia of tactics, you might as well just fold up and quit your business right now. Nobody needs an encyclopedia, nobody needs 20 ways. They already know that. Just like when you hire a trainer, you don't need them to tell you, hey, You need to uh, eat less and work out more. You know that, okay? You know you're overweight. You need someone to show you the exact steps that are right for you. So that's why I believe in curating the material deeply. And in fact, I think it's really a relief for people to know all the things they don't need to do.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. To me, that's my favorite thing. Tell me what I don't need to worry about or what I don't need to think about clears my head up instantly.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and isn't it interesting that there's so much noise online with people telling you all the things you need to do? You, it, it, in fact, in life. So people tell you, you need to buy a house. You need to have 2.5 kids. You need life insurance. Mm, maybe, maybe not. People tell you when it comes to writing emails, oh, you need to make them quick and snappy because nobody has attention. You know, my emails are 10 pages. Some of my sales pages are 80 plus pages long. Oh my it's goodness. What, People love them, so don't always listen to the conventional wisdom, test it, and figure out what's right for your market. If I had listened to what everyone else told me, then I would have had exactly the same business as everyone else, and if you've ever seen that sort of typical coach website, or a person who's trying to sell some kind of information product, I mean, it's not very inspiring. It just looks like every other site, so you don't need my permission, but I'm giving you permission to be different As long as you're going through and testing that it works with your audience.
0: I think the whole testing, the surveys, you talk a lot about surveys in a lot of your blog content, but it gives you that confidence to know, like when you do the research and you do the surveys and you hear your audience and you know what they need, giving them just two ways to do something versus 20, that becomes really easy.
1: Very powerful. And people love it because they know that all the work that has gone into this, they know that it's going to work. Again, people don't buy something so they can have 25 more options. In a world of infinite choice, having fewer choices but the right choice, that is extremely comforting. It's just like when I go to a restaurant and it's, it's a nice restaurant and the, we just basically say, tell the chef to send out whatever he thinks would be great. That is such a relief as opposed to having to pick everything all the time. Now, there's sometimes, of course, I love to pick what I want to eat, what I feel like that day, but sometimes it's nice to just turn it over to someone else, someone you trust. And let them guide you through the process.
0: And that's when you're willing to pay those premium prices. And so that's why, yeah, talk about that.
1: Let's talk about pricing. Um, I love it because so many people are so obsessed with pricing and pricing is strategic. What do I mean by that? I mean that if you simply choose to charge, you know, 37 bucks because everyone else is charging it, well, that's fine. You might get a few conversion points, et cetera. But- Our prices are often 10 to 100 times what our competition is. Why would we do that? Yeah, tell me. First of all, I don't believe in playing in the $50 sandbox. A lot of people say, hey, Ramit, dream job sounds great. Zero to launch sounds great. Maybe if it were 50 bucks, I would get it. And I just laugh. I say, I'd rather give away my material for free than play in the $50 sandbox. How come? Because first, I'm not, I'm not, uh, targeting minor life problems. I'm targeting huge problems that people think about every day of their lives, on the way to a rich life. I'm talking about how to start a business, how to master your inner psychology, how to find your dream job, even how to change your body. Those are big, big problems. You think about them every day of your life if you're in that target market. Yeah. Second, if you are focused on cost, you are not my customer. In fact, if your first question is about price, I already know that you're not going to join my material. Why? Because I never try to be the cheapest, I try to be the best. And I really believe that if you compete on price, there's always someone who's going to undercut you. And that's a losing model. But in this world where there's an unlimited amount of noise, people are looking for the best. And so I always say, when you've done your homework, when you understand your customer better than they understand themselves price is a mere triviality. When when they read my sales page and all the work, all the millions of dollars of research, all the years of work that have gone into that, and they see themselves in that sales page, they're nodding and they're literally saying, oh my God, I've thought about this, but I've never said it out loud, but this guy knows me. By the time they get to the bottom, it doesn't matter if it's 200, 2000, even $10,000. We know this experimentally. So My general feedback to everyone is stop worrying about competing on price. If you're, if you are committed to building the best price becomes a mere triviality.
0: Such a great lesson. So very, very valuable. Now here's the deal. I've been thinking about, you know, your process for putting together a program and a lot of people feel that they don't have the luxury of spending that much time to put together something or have the money to do a lot of the research. Have you heard that before?
1: I hear it every day of my life. Okay.
0: What do you say to that?
1: Well, I don't think that you have to spend millions of dollars to create a successful product. That's why I was very specific in showing where we came from yes. and where we are now. I always say, don't try to be 40 before you're 40. You know, <laughs> when, when I graduated from college, I was like, what car should I get? And I was thinking like, oh, maybe, maybe I should get a Well, first of all, you know, Indian people, we can only get two cars, Honda Accord, Toyota Camry. Oh, I didn't know this. Good to know. (laughs) So, so, but I was like, "Mm, maybe I should get a Mercedes. I'm so cool. And then I thought to myself, 21 years old, if you get a Mercedes, where do you go from there? You can't go down, right? Don't try to be 40 before you're 40. I see people coming to me and they're like, "Uh, Ramit, uh, I'm thinking about getting this fancy ESP email service provider with a lot of CRM and all this automation built in. I'm like, how many people on your email list? They're like, 3,500. I'm (laughs) like, what the hell are you talking about? You don't need any of that stuff. And there's a huge cost to getting, whether it's a nice car, nice clothes, or a very expensive email provider. So similarly, you can do a lot of this stuff I said with, I mean, less than a few hundred bucks. SurveyMonkey is basically free website, setting up websites is basically free these days. Even a lot of the payments and technology is almost free where, what really matters is your commitment to listening to customers and to finding them. And by the way, we, let me just tell you a couple of things about our business. We didn't set up a Facebook page for eight years. We didn't do Facebook ads for almost nine years. Wow. Okay. None of that. We didn't spend money on any of that stuff. So when people tell me, oh, I don't have the money for that, then I just kind of smile and say, okay, because they are deluding themselves into believing that if they had $50,000, somehow magically it would grow their business. Look, I could give you 50K today. Do you know what you would do with it?
0: Great no. question.
1: Okay, so most people don't need more money. They need to focus on following the right action steps to listen to their customers and create something that their customers will pay for.
0: Yes, so, so very true. Now I wanna give you, scenario. And I want to make it actionable because this scenario I think is very um, relatable to a lot of people listening today. And that is, let's say that I have a product and I did some research, I spent some good time and energy on it, and it's just not selling. I, I don't know what's going on, but it's just not selling, at least not to the point that I think that it should be. So how do I find out if it's the marketing or if it's the actual product or if it's the audience? You know, where do I start if I need to investigate in terms of what I have that's not working?
1: Okay, first question is, how serious are you about fixing this? Very serious. You know why I asked that? <laughs> why? Because people always respond with what you said. They yeah. say, okay, I'm really serious for me. And, but what they often mean about 90% of the time is they want a magic bullet to fix everything. You're so as if, right. As if I just tell them like, oh, you need to change the title on your landing page, or you need to use this conversion technique. What the truth typically is.
0: It's not going to be is, sexy. I already know. No,
1: it's, it's okay. not sexy and it's much more uncomfortable. So I'll give you an example and then I'm going to tell you exactly what I would do. Okay. Many people have heard about uh, somebody named Eben Pagan. Yep. And he has a, a very famous test called the KISS test. And it was when he was teaching uh, men how to become better, finding a mate, finding a woman. And the kiss test was designed for men who were at the end of a date and they don't know whether they should make a move, whether they should kiss her or not. And so he created something called the kiss test. And what he talks about is absolutely remarkable. He said, you know, a lot of men want to know, like, do I put my hand through her hair? Do I do this? Do I do that? And and he teaches that. But he said the decision to kiss was made by the woman hours and hours sometimes even days ago. Mm-hmm. And it depends mm-hmm. on what did you wear, how did you approach her, what's your personality, where did you go that evening, what was the conversation like? Those decisions were made way back there. While people often fixate on what's in front of them, like is my landing page the right length? The decision was already made. So the reason I say this is that if your product is not performing, you have two choices. One, you can stick to the surface level stuff and I can tell you a couple things, like, you know, I, I or someone else who has more experience in this can look at it and give you a little bit of feedback, and you might squeeze out a few extra sales, but ultimately it will be like pushing a boulder up a hill. Or you can totally break it down and start back up, just like they do in the military. They want to break you down, then build you back up. So this is what we do in Zero to Launch, and we show you the exact steps, the, the links in the chain of your business. The most common problem that applies to almost 95% of you if you have this uh, underperforming product is that you've created something the market doesn't really want. So, so many people listening right now, they're like, I have something that the world needs. I can teach men or women how to find love. I can teach them how to lose weight. I can Whatever. Maybe you're really good at it. I'm sure you are. But you created something that the market doesn't really want. It's like me creating a program, teaching people how to um, do budgeting, okay? Guess what? I think they need it, but they don't want it. So this is a huge problem. If you've created something that they don't want or you're putting it in terms that they don't want, doesn't matter how fancy your design is or how cool your conversion technology is. So typically what I have to do is walk with them back through the research and say, who's your customer? What age are they? And people will be like, oh, uh, I'm helping women find love. I say, cool, that's a good market. Uh, how old are they? 25 to 55. I said, are you crazy? <laughs> you think a woman who's 25 years old looking for love has anything in common with a woman who's 55 looking for love? Yeah. They're completely different. They have different goals, different words, different life experiences. So we get crisp on who their audience is, and then we say, what do they really want? Do they want an, you know, a solution, or do they just want to be supported? They want an ebook or a full course. These are the questions that you go through in your research. And don't worry, a lot of you, if you have access to 10 or 20 people in this market, then you have enough to get started.
0: Awesome. I love that. I, I actually wasn't expecting you to say, you know, tear it down to start, you know, build it back up. But that's exactly, it makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. I don't like to do like band aid type solutions. You know, like I said, because the worst thing in the world is launching something, and you, you get kind of tepid results, you know, you don't get that many sales, and you get a lot of people saying stuff like, mm, yeah, this looks really cool, but I'm really busy right now, so maybe next time it opens. Or, this looks cool, but you know, it's a little expensive for me, maybe if it were $20, then I would join. What they're really telling you is I'm not interested in this. But It is politically incorrect to say that, so people will create all kinds of reasons. Doesn't mean they're lying. Sometimes they don't even know. But the fact is, unless they say yes, and the best way to measure yes is with them buying it, it's a no. doesn't matter if they say they're busy, if they're out of the country. If, they're, if people want something, they will get it. People are very smart. They're not stupid. So if you're getting these tepid reactions, you are not hitting a real pain point. When we have, we've seen this many times. We created something. And the the reaction was just very lukewarm. But when we've created something that they desperately want, they will do anything to get it right. They will. They're like, tell me now, take my money. Here you go. That's when you know you have a winner.
0: So true. Okay. so all of this that you're talking about, you definitely dive deep into it in your program Zero to Launch, right?
1: Yes. And in fact, I think we're going to give away a bunch of stuff for listeners, but I'll just give the URL right now and we can talk about it at the end. systemcom slash Amy. We put together something special for everyone listening. But yes, we dive deep, deep into this to show people not just a bunch of tactics, but really to understand how to take your ideas, even if you don't have an idea yet, how to come up with one, and then make sure that it is profitable before you ever spend time building it, building a website, writing copy and all that stuff. You want to know that it's going to sell before you ever sell it. That's what we do.
0: And you have such a unique approach. I think it's so different than so many other programs out there that teach how to grow an online business or how to create a product or anything like that. I mean, it's so rooted in science and um, tech. I was going to say sexology. What I meant <laughs> was psychology. No, no, no. But It's in
1: sexology. You're right. It's <laughs> all about the sexology. You are
0: going to sell the heck out of that thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So No, you're right. It's... I think there's a few reasons for this, that we have a different approach. First of all, we didn't simply create a business teaching other people how to create businesses to teach us. We're not doing that meta thing. We have courses in the area of personal finance, um, freelancing, negotiation, careers, like really deep vertical silos. So we started to understand how these things work. We also have over 15 successful products ranging from you know, 50 bucks a month to 12000 bucks. So you have to learn something as you go along that path. And as you go from $4.95 to $12,000, you learn a lot. We also do extensive testing. So we do thousands and thousands of tests in our lifetime of whether it was pricing, whether it was even simple subject line tests, but much more sophisticated longitudinal year-long tests. Those are the things that I actually wanted to include for people. Because look, if you want to do what I've done, you could try it on your own and, and be my guest. You should. It would take you you know, 10 plus years, millions of dollars, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My goal was to build the most definitive system so you can take your special expertise, even if you don't have an idea yet, and then turn it into a profitable business. Amy, I just said profitable because I think it's so important. So many people play business. They put up a website, they have the social media, but they're not actually making any money. Right. If you don't have a profitable business, you can't reinvest and help more and more people. Okay. So, why do I have a profitable business? It's not just so I can sit around and swim in money, it's so I can hire the best people, create the best design, do the best research, find the most amount of customers who are right for this product and help them too. So, I think that ultimately I want to help people create a profitable business, not just play business.
0: That's so, so perfect. Now, every episode I do for my podcast, I always give away something of great value for free. So, some kind of really cool freebie. This time you took the work away from me because you've already done it. So, you mentioned zero to launch forward slash Amy. And what can they find when they go there?
1: Okay. When you go there, you're going to sign up. We're going to send you a ton of free material much of it directly from the zero to launch full course. So there, I'm going to talk about the psychology of going from a $4.95 product to a $12,000 product. What do you learn along the way? And as I said, you don't try to be 40 before you're 40, but I always think it's useful to study people who have made it to the level that you want to make it. And so I share some of those things. I believe we share some testing data as well, and we share some of this psychology on how to find a profitable idea, not just a lukewarm idea, but one where people are like, please take my money. And Amy, one of the things that we have a principle at I Will Teach, it is we try to make our free material better than anyone else's paid material. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, and I, I challenge everyone to do that. Just in your free material, make it so good that people are like, oh my God, this is better than that $500 course I signed up for. And therefore, when we open our premium material, like Zero to Launch, which will be opening soon, at that point, it's, it's not even a decision. It's a no-brainer. And the price is a mere triviality because people are like, I've already seen what this free stuff is. I can't even imagine what's in the premium course.
0: I, I'm so excited for you guys to get all this free content. It is so, so very valuable. So don't wait. Make sure you go there, com forward slash Amy. Ramit, thank you so much for being here. This has been one of my very favorite, and I don't say that to everybody, but one of my favorite interviews because it has so much substance to it. Really good stuff. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It was a real pleasure.
0: All right. You guys have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you again soon. Take care. So there you have it. Did you enjoy this interview as much as I did? I thought it was just excellent. I thought Ramit did a really good job of giving us the core tips and strategies. That will not only help our mindset, but will also help us create stellar programs. So, again, as Ramit mentioned, you can go to zero to launch forward slash Amy. So, zero to launch forward slash Amy, and you can get a bunch of really cool resources all about the topics we talked about today and going even deeper. I actually went there, signed up, and I'm loving the different materials he's sending me for free. So it is really good stuff. So until we talk again, I hope you have an amazing week and I can't wait to connect with you again soon. Take care.
1: Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.